Thank you for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts that are facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern, and we hope you enjoy this Arrow production. And please subscribe. Thanks. Hi and welcome to an incredibly special Arrow Bandwidth. Now, I know I often say, our oh, bandwidths are incredibly special, and, and they all are in their own little right, but this one is especially, especially um, unique. Now, a few weeks ago, um, everyone that listens to this, I'm sure, will have heard how the NHS and various other massive organisations got taken um, essentially to their knees by a worm called WannaCry. Now, WannaCry was a, was a crypto worm that essentially... Um, or ransomware worm that, that essentially encrypted um, people's people's um, hard drives and computers, therefore rendering them utterly useless. Now, that is in itself nothing new. We've had ransomware for a good few years now. But what was really, really, really um, interesting and different about this particular attack was its ability to um, essentially infiltrate systems via a vulnerability that had actually been stockpiled and was essentially stolen from the NSA. It made um, it made WannaCry an incredibly, incredibly aggressive worm that could communicate peer-to-peer with other machines on the same network and infiltrate and affect large quantities of machines with almost no stopping it. So you know, it was the definition of, of a pretty nasty piece of malware. In fact, it, it was probably the worst you've seen since the Conficker um, virus almost eight years ago now. You know, that's how long ago on the last time one of these um, particular um, viruses sort of, or these worms that are this aggressive and this um, horrible in their nature came to, came to life. But, but there was a way of stopping it. Well, a way of stopping it was tripped over. And it was tripped over by a, a essentially a, a threat, um, a, a chap called uh, Malware Tech, who basically used his ability and his skills and his um, his understanding of um, viruses and bots and and worms to be able to understand the architecture of the the malware and notice um, that it was calling out to a specific URL. Now, this chap. Um, essentially wants to stay anonymous. Uh, he quickly realized that he couldn't just because the scale and the impact of what he discovered and what he'd done was so great that he had, you know, people inevitably found out who it was. Now, we were lucky enough, Arrow Bandwidth were lucky enough to actually secure an interview with him after the security awards um, in London on the 6th of June uh, this year. So, for all of you who are listening to this on the day it comes out, literally on Tuesday evening, we got this guy and we secured one of the first in the world interviews on podcast. So listen, enjoy, and uh, and basically take in what this chap has to say. Um, I had a little bit of, you know, a little bit, I was a little bit starstruck, so apologies if I sound a little bit over the top, but, you know, him and you know what this sort of industry and his industry specifically does is really quite special and I think it really is an industry that we're going to see grow and become 
really, really fascinating, really, really exciting um, as we go forward into the next few years. So look, listen to him. I won't say any more. I'll shut up now and enjoy Arab Bandwidth interviewing Malware Tech on how we managed to find the WannaCry kill switch. Enjoy. Okay, so, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but I'm actually here with, well, I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Malware Tech, or Marcus Hutchins, as everyone <laughs> is now calling me. So, so Marcus or Malware Tech, how do you want to be known? I prefer Malware Tech. Malware Tech, do you know what? I love that. So, <laughs> so come on, very simply, how does it feel to be the man that literally saved us from, from an NSA-spawned, vicious piece of pretty basic malware or ransomware? Um, I'm not really sure. Uh, I would have liked to say it felt good, but honestly, being dragged through the media, not so much fun. Yeah, totally, totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. So, I mean, from the perspective of, of sort of, uh, I mean, let's start with the basics. How on earth did you actually um, start? How did how did you find it? How did I mean? How did you even come up with the idea of? I mean, give us the timeline of like. So you read about it, you get a copy of it. Go. Uh, so I run it in an isolated environment. I got uh, my virtual machine. I run it to see sort of what is this thing doing, yeah. and I can see packets going out to SMB sort of uh, ports. So I'm assuming this is an SMB sort of thing. And when I'm going through the Wireshark logs, I see it's attempted to resolve a domain. So I'm interested to see how many queries this domain has. So I go look it up in OpenDNS, and I see not only is there a lot of queries, but it isn't a registered domain. So I go to my registrar, I reserve it, and <laughs> sort of we went from there. So what did you actually put at the end of the domain? Did you just put a web server so that it was just acknowledging the packets, or did you just literally register the domain? Uh, we registered it and we pointed it to our sinkhole, which we used to monitor other kinds of botnets. So we already had the infrastructure set up. We just sort of, we just put it with our existing infrastructure. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm fascinated to understand, when you did that, did you know what the outcome would be? Did you know it would be a kill switch or...? No, uh, when we registered it, we were just doing it for tracking purposes. It wasn't until actually much later in the day that when we went to look to see, is there a way we can stop this? We found out we'd already stopped it. <laughs> so it really was a complete accident? Essentially, yeah. We only had the intention of uh, monitoring it. That is absolutely crazy. So, I mean, obviously, this was one of the most aggressive worms we've come across. I mean... Why was that? Because uh, from what we understand, the actual ransomware software itself was relatively basic, but the delivery method was quite an advanced one. Yeah, I mean, you had the Eternal Blue NSA exploit, which allowed it to sort of target SMB servers. And it, rather than going through phishing emails or exploit kits, it could just exploit from host to host to host. And something like that we've not seen in maybe eight years since the configure. Wow. And essentially, it was almost unstoppable until you guys found the, found the kill switch. I mean, yeah. Uh, without the kill switch, it would have just kept going round and around until everyone had patched their SMB hosts. That is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, so outside of, of that, obviously, how did you... I mean, I'm really fascinated in, in how you actually got into doing this in the first place. So, so where did you start from? You know, how did you get involved in in this sort of world? Because, I mean, you're only 22 years old? Yeah, I'm 20. 
Um, so, do you mean how I got started in InfoSec in general, or the botnet sort of tracking side? Start from the basics. So, how did you? I mean, what what inspired you to say, do you know what? This is this is what I want to do. I'm really interested in this. This is this fascinating. Um, well, that wasn't really inspired. It was sort of I was looking at the Kelly Hoss botnet, and I thought this thing's peer to peer, so there is a way I can track it. And I'm like, oh, I kind of want to see how big it is. Like, let's. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, so I just go in, I look at the code, it took me maybe a couple of weeks to actually get the feel because this is quite a big bit of code and I wrote a tracker and I sort of made this cool map where you could see like which hosts were infected across the world yeah. and a company saw it and they picked me up. Literally that was it, you just yeah. chanced it. So have you, been, do you, have you been to university, have you done anything like that or? No, I... Uh, so you completely self-taught? Yes. Well, that's, I mean, that's really incredible. I mean, how, how on earth do you self-taught? I mean, do you just watch YouTube? Do you read loads of blogs? Do you? Um, personally, I'm more of a blog guy. I like to read programming blogs. Uh, I started out with programming, then I sort of pivoted into malware research. So how did, I mean, what, like, I mean, how did you even start? I mean, did you literally just one day say, do you know what, I fancy learning how this works? Yeah, I think one day I woke up and I thought, I want to learn C++, so <laughs> I, I learned C++. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I learned C++ at university and I did not wake up one morning and think, I want to learn it. In fact, you know what, I was in all my lectures thinking, oh my God, I'd rather kill myself than learn this. I mean, yeah, most people look at programming and they think, why would anyone want to do this? But no, it was something I wanted to learn. I liked the idea of just being able to build software on my own. <laughs> so, you know, after you got um, picked up and got your first job, sort of what what's your career path looked like since then i mean obviously that was i'm guessing what two years ago three years ago or no, only a year ago so a year ago yeah not really much has happened we've just been making sort of building up the botnets we track just adding more to the feed so i mean give us an average day i mean i'm guessing you work do you work from home or do you work from an office are you sort of part of a remote team that sort of monitors these things yeah i'm a remote team so i work from home and then what does an average day in your world look like? Wake up, get a bunch of new problems and, and go and explore them or? Honestly, there is no average day. I sort of, I wake up and I see what's going to happen today. And some days I look at, I see a new malware family. I'll go look into that. Other days there's some networking error or our servers are down. I have to go deal with that. So no day is really the same. Wow, that's, that really is incredible. Because I must admit, if you look at a lot of the uh, jobs in the IT industry, they're pretty boring and pretty mundane. Yeah. But I mean, you essentially hunt malware and worms and viruses and, and all sorts of horrible bots and things like that for, for a living. Yeah, I do. I quite like the variety of it. That's absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, if you were looking, um, if you're looking forward in your career, I mean, you must have literally every man and his dog knocking on your door now saying, come work for us. You know, you found this. I mean, are you, I mean, you must be inundated with, with offers and... Honestly, not that many. I've had maybe five now, so it's not really been a big change. But I mean, are you, are you looking to stay where you are? Actually, yeah. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't answer that. Actually, don't answer that. He's absolutely looking to stay where he is. Um, <laughs> so you know, from a from the perspective of, um, of of your sort of career going forward, you're still looking to stay in the same place. You're still really enjoying. Um, yeah, I mean, I never did a job for the money. I really enjoy doing what I do, so I'm going to stay with uh, the company I'm with, and no matter how much people offer me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still going to stay with them. No, why not? At the end of the day, if you if you enjoy what you do and, and it gives you pleasure and everything else that's come with this crazy experience. I mean, so going back to, to the WannaCry um, virus, 
you know, you you had a you wanted to stay anonymous to start with. How come? Um, it was a bunch of reasons. Mainly, I knew that like once I get drugged out into publicity, people are going to want to like talk to me for news stories. They're going to contact me in person. Like online, I can just ignore things. But if people <laughs> are coming to my house, ringing my phone, I can't Aww. ignore it. Yeah. Um, and there was also always the risk of retaliation because obviously we're dealing with criminals here. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah I've never even thought of that. Is, side there is a risk that they they get upset with something we do and they retaliate. So, what? Um, what was your decision to go to sort of de-anonymise yourself? It wasn't a decision, actually. Um, I tried my hardest to remain anonymous, but in the end, I think someone gave out my name, and after that, they were able to find my address. Wow. So, I mean, and you've embraced the opportunity to sort of get your message across and, and sort of be at these events. Because, I mean, I must admit, so we were at the SC Awards last night, which is obviously where I met you. Um, and you know you got a special award um, there. I mean, it's it must it must be an insane whirlwind for you. I mean, yeah. At first, I didn't really embrace it. I sort of dragged my heels. I didn't want to do any media stuff. And in the end, I sort of had to do an interview to get them to leave me alone. <laughs> and after that, it's just I just had to just go with it. And it, some things actually turned out to be quite fun, like the award ceremony. That was great. <laughs> and you said you did a keynote. Um, in Europe quite recently. What was that about? Um, so the run, uh, well, the person organising the Copenhagen Cybercrime Conference wanted us to keynote and they messaged us basically three, four days before the conference and they were like, hey, do you want to come up to Copenhagen? We'll pay for it <laughs> and uh, your keynote. And I was like, you know what? I fancy a trip to Copenhagen. Uh, not too keen <laughs> on sp- public speaking, but I'll, I'll go. And I ended up, yeah, getting dragged into a keynote with uh, me and 2sec for you fantastic oh that's so good and, and are you enjoying the limelight for now you know is it, is it um, are you sort of getting used to it yeah i'd say i'm getting used to it i'm not so much enjoying it some <laughs> things have been fun like things i didn't expect would be fun are but overall i don't think i like it so you're looking forward to going back to just being normal malware tech doing your job and discovering new new ways to save the world and I'll save the world if I can, but I'm not. Expecting <laughs> <it to happen laughs> <you>. <laughs> well, look, really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, so much for everything you've done. I appreciate that you might not feel like you've done much, but, you know, diligence and sort of doing your job properly, to be quite frank, in the IT industry should never be taken for granted. So, look, thank you. It's an absolute honor to meet you. And uh, I really hope that your story can inspire sort of a next generation of people to come into our industry and sort of do do what you do and, and take the pride in it that you clearly do. Yeah, thank you. I'm sort of, I would like it to inspire people. It's something I've tried to do before I sort of came into the pu- uh, public domain. I've always sort of been blogging, uh, teaching. Yeah. So I am hoping it will inspire people to get into the good side of the industry. Well, I must admit, if nothing else, it's certainly got your blog a lot more um, sort of views, I would imagine, and I'm sure that your Twitter following has gone through the roof. So hopefully, if nothing else can come of this, you'll be able to inspire the next generation of sort of virus hunters and, and malware, uh, malware, I don't even know what you call yourselves, but... Malware analysts, and yeah, I certainly mm. hope so. There you go. You can inspire the next generation of those. Look, thank you so much for your time, Mark. Uh, malware tech. <laughs> <laughs> Great to meet you. And yeah, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll cross paths again soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Cheers.